It's so cool to be back with you guys again. And uh, I'm so pumped because this year uh, they're having me speak every morning and they're having me teach through the book of First John. And when they asked me to do that, I had never really taught through the book of First John. So the last couple of months I've been studying this book and I'm so excited about what God's going to teach us this week through this book. Um, last night I was, I was here listening to Dave and uh, what an incredible testimony. What an incredible life to, to come out of uh, Iran and just that whole story of escaping and everything. I was getting so pumped up back there like, wow, that's just so cool, you know? I mean, we don't get to experience those types of things out here. A lot of times we don't get to, I don't know, see so much of what goes on in the world. But I, I loved what he was saying about that defining moment in his life when, uh, when his parents didn't want him to get baptized. But he says, you know what, I, I got to do this. You know, this is just something I've got to do. And, uh, and I, I pray that your faith is that real to you. That, that even if your parents didn't believe this, and even if everyone in your youth group decided, you know, we don't want to follow Jesus anymore, I, I pray that you would be that type of individual that says, look, I, I don't care what everyone else is doing. I love God, and I'm going to worship him. You see, I, uh, I remember I, I had a moment kind of like that, not as exciting as Dave's, but I, I grew up in Hong Kong the first five years of my life, uh, and I was raised by a bunch of monks and my grandma. It's kind of cool. I grew up in this little temple, and, uh, and my, my grandmother was a, a very devout Buddhist, and uh, I remember when I was in college, I went back to Hong Kong to visit my grandmother, and I went with my older brother and my little sister, and I just kind of went and looked to see where I grew up and stuff like that. And my grandma, every time there was a Buddha, she would, like, bow down to it. You know, wherever we were walking, she'd find a Buddha and, you know, start bowing down to it. And we just kind of, you know, hung out and did whatever. We are kind of sightseeing. But then we got to this place where there was this giant iron Buddha, okay? It was about as big as the ceiling, okay? It just went, it just this huge thing. So my grandma's all fired up, you know, She's, oh, you know, and... Uh, comes up to this Buddha, and, but, but this time, after she goes and pays respect to Buddha, she looks at us and says, I want you guys to pay respect to Buddha now. And, and there's something about, you know, in our culture, you, you always respect the elderly. You don't ever tell them no when they ask you to do something. And so me, my older brother, my little sister are kind of standing there, and she says, go pay your respects to Buddha. And uh, my little sister, she goes up and she just kind of bows to it. And then I'm thinking, well, what's my older brother going to do? And my brother is such a screw-off, okay? He, he, he goes up to Buddha and he starts going, Abuda, Abuda. <laughs> he starts dancing around it. And I'm going, what an idiot. My grandma's like, oh, very good, very good. You know, she's all proud of him. And I'm thinking, oh, man, now what am I going to do? You know, he kind of got out of it, but he figures, oh, I'll make a joke out of it, and I'm not really worshiping. But then she looks at me and, and you know, waiting for me to go up to this, this idol to worship. And uh, I, I just looked at her, and I said, I, I can't do it. I'm not going to bow down. And told her, I, I believe in Jesus Christ, and therefore I can't bow down to some idol. And I'll never forget what she said to me. She looked me in the eyes and she says, Can you believe that? <laughs> you know, so what would you do, you know? 
Anyways, uh, that was my defining moment, you know. I had to learn your language. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> no, what she said was, uh, she says, you go, you go your way, I'll go my way, we'll both get there. And uh, it's sad because that's what so much of the world believes is, you know, whatever you believe to be true is true. But no, you guys, the truth is, is as David said yesterday, there is a truth. And it's not just a bunch of words. It's not about a religion. It's about a person who was the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no way to the Father except through him. And uh, it's an exciting truth to a lot of us, but it's also a real sad truth when you think of people who, who don't know the Lord and haven't given their life to him. But uh, we're going to be studying the truth. And I, there's something exciting to me about just taking the exact words of the Bible and studying them. Just like when those guys were reading it up here, when, when Kurt and the crew were, were just reading the exact words of God. In, in fact, before we look at 1 John, when I think of... Uh, when I think of the words of God, I think of Matthew chapter 17. If you have your Bibles, I don't know if you can see, but I'll read it and you can check it later. Matthew 17. In Matthew 17, it's a story that a lot of us are familiar with. It's a story of the transfiguration. Okay, and, and I just want to read uh, just a few verses to you and get you thinking about this. In Matthew 17, verse 1, it says... After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes appeared as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground terrified. That's an understatement. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? The, I mean, picture yourself being there where you're taken up with Jesus. You're walking with Jesus up on this mountain, and then suddenly this guy that you've been around for years now, suddenly his face starts to shine. Okay, imagine that. My face just started to shine right now. And then it just starts glowing, and then it says starting to shine like the sun, so bright that you can't even look at his face anymore. What would you feel right then? But then it says his clothes and everything just started to glow. And then it says that Moses and Elijah show up and start talking to him. And Peter starts to interject and tries to say something which blows me away because I think, man, I'd, I'd be, I would have fainted by then. But Peter starts going, hey, you want us to set up some shelters for you? And then right as Peter is talking, right in the middle of his sentence, the Bible says that while he was speaking, this bright cloud enveloped them. Okay, imagine this. You're on a mountaintop. 
Jesus is right there with you. His face is now shining like the sun. His clothes are shining. And then suddenly this cloud comes around you and covers you and surrounds you. And then you hear a voice coming out of the cloud saying, This is my son whom I love. I am so pleased with him. Now you listen to him. What would you feel right then? As you're hearing this voice saying, this is my son, you listen to him. Would you go, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, the Bible says that these guys, they just fell on their faces and they're just terrified because they hear this voice. And you guys, when we study the Word of God, you've got to understand, man, this is just like you standing on that mountain, having that cloud surround you, and, and the voice saying to you, listen to him, and then he says some things. Man, I guarantee you, whatever Jesus would have spoken, you would have listened to right then. I think if I was there and I heard that voice and it says, you listen to him and Jesus love one another, I'd be, oh, Peter, I love you. You know, John, I love you. I mean, just whatever, just to listen, just to obey. And you guys, when we study the word in the mornings, man, understand, these words are coming right out of that cloud. And let's picture ourselves on that mountaintop with the clouds surrounding us, hearing the very words of God. And he's saying, this is my son, and I love him. Now you listen to him. And that's why I take these words as very sacred. And I'm not casual about studying the Bible because I think this is coming from God, that God, that cloud, that God that I'm going to face one day. And he says, listen to my son. And, and you have these people, you know, as we turn to First John, John was one of those guys on the mountain. John was on that mountaintop and heard those words. And that's why in 1 John, he starts off, and, and, and you guys, this is an eyewitness. This is a guy that walked with Jesus. And that's why this is so much more powerful than just me sharing you, with you, hey, here's what I've experienced about God, and, and us going one at a time, hey, this is what I've experienced. That's great. That's wonderful. That's important. But there's something about hearing from guys that actually walked with Jesus and he starts the passage off saying, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands actually got to touch, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we've seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So John starts off this letter and he says, he goes, hey, you know the one that was from the beginning? He goes, I got to see him. He goes, I got to see him, I got to touch him, I got to hear him. And, and he's saying, look, what I'm about to tell you is what he said to me. I got to hear his voice. 
I mean, I mean you, you almost get the picture of this guy is giddy. He's just going, man, you know, the one, the creator, God himself, he came down, and I got to see him with my own eyes. I got to touch him with my own hands, and he said some things to us, this word of life, the one from whom all life came from, the one who was from the beginning. He goes, I talked to him. And, and he goes, now I have fellowship. I have a relationship with the Father and the Son. I have fellowship with them, and I'm writing this letter to you because I want you guys to know God like I know God. I want you guys to have fellowship with him like I have fellowship with him. And he writes this because, you guys, this is our greatest joy. Okay, why, why are your youth leaders here? Why did they put on this whole conference? John says... Look, I do this to make my joy complete. He says, I've got such a great relationship with God. I've got fellowship with God. And so now I'm writing this to you because I want you to have the same thing. And you guys, some of your leaders that are here, man, they have such an incredible relationship with God. He has absolutely changed our lives. And the greatest joy we could have is if, if you could get a glimpse of this. If you could just understand how good it is to be so tight with God. That's why all of the leaders are here. That's why Chris, Kurt, you know, Dave last night, and all the speakers are going to be coming. Man, this would be our greatest joy if you could understand God like we did. And, and even greater, and in a greater way. But, but the first thing he says, he says, that, that which was from the beginning... That which was from the beginning. He goes, the one that was from the beginning. And, and, and he's talking about the creation. And he says, this one was from the beginning. He, alway, he already was there. He's not saying this is the one that was created when the earth was created. He says, that which was. He already was. That's his name. I am. He was always in existence. That's why his name is I am. You see, that's not my name. I'm not I am. I'm, I used to not be, and now I am for a little bit till he says I'm not. And his name is I am. I just always existed. That which was from the beginning. And, and I know in a group this size, some of you go, well, I don't even know if I believe that. I don't believe, I don't know if I even believe that there was a beginning to this world that God created. You guys, the Bible says in Romans 1.20, it says that ever since the creation of this world, God's invisible qualities and his divine nature have been clearly seen through what has been made so that men are without excuse. I know some of you in this room would say, well, I don't believe in a creation. And God says, no, you have no excuse for that because you can just look at this world and know that there's a God. You guys, think about it for a second. Isn't it weird to you that if I dig down, if I dug a hole, a really deep hole, what, what's at the core of the earth? What is it? Magma? Is that what it's called? Is that the hot stuff? Yeah, okay. Magma. <laughs> I'm learning too. If I dig down to, I mean, isn't that weird to you that we're on top of magma? <laughs> That's weird to me. I mean, that, that it's all hot down there. Think about that for a second. Isn't that weird? But not only that, I mean, the earth is always fascinating. Not only that, but the earth is covered like two-thirds of it with water. 
how can there be this hot magma and then water on top of it that's cold? And not only that, but the thought that right now our earth, this little ball that we live on, is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. Think about that right now. We're spinning at a thousand miles an hour. Isn't that weird? But not only that, but now the earth is flying around the sun right now. The sun is 1.3 million times the size of the earth. If the sun were hollow, the earth would fit inside of it 1.3 million times. We're flying around a ball of fire, which is 93 million miles away from us. Yet you walk outside and it's, and it's hot. And we're flying around this ball of fire at 67,000 miles an hour right now. So you're on a ball of magma water, spinning at 1,000 miles an hour, flying around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and you're just sitting there. And we go, yeah, just another day. And, and what's crazy is, 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 you know, they tell us that if, if we're any closer to the sun, we would just burn. If we're any further away, we would freeze. But God locks it in just like that and has it spinning just like that. And we don't even feel anything. And then we'll go to Disneyland, ride the teacups, and throw up. <laughs> Does that amaze you at all? Man, and, and, and yet some people actually believe, oh, I think it all just showed up one day. Oh, okay. That there are people who say, well, you know, a long time ago there was nothing. And we know what happens when you get a lot of nothing together. It explodes. <laughs> and then the earths appear, and you know, and all, you know, of course. No, God says there's no way. You have no excuse. You just stop and look at the beauty of my creation. Look at how it all works. Look at how we're sitting comfortably in this room, communicating, laughing, getting convicted, whatever. And you're going to tell me there's no design, no creator? There's no way. You have no excuse. Just look at God's creation. You know that there is a maker. And John says, you'll never believe it. I talked to him. I touched him. I saw him. And now I've got this relationship with the one who made all of this. And it's, it's so amazing. And I want you to have the same joy I have. And that's why I'm writing this stuff. And then he says in verse 5, he goes, here's the message. Here's the message I want to declare to you. This is what God in heaven wants to get across to you. In verse 5, he's, this is the message we've heard from him and declare unto you God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. He says, you want to know what you need to know about God? He goes, first thing I want to tell you, God is light. God is light. Like, like at the transfiguration I was talking about, how Jesus stood there and his face just shone. John got to see that. He says, let me tell you something. God is light. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16, 
In fact, if you, let me turn there so I don't make something up. 1 Timothy 6, in verse uh, 16. Actually, you look at the end of verse 15. 1 Timothy 6, verse 15. It says, God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone, he's the only one who is immortal. He's the only one that, that has life within himself. You know, you and I are mortal. We can die. Our lives can be over. But it says he's the only one who is immortal. That's why earlier he calls him the word of life. The life appeared. But then it says, when it says that he's immortal, it says he lives in, he dwells or lives in unapproachable light that no one has ever seen or can see. See, the Bible says that up in heaven right now, there's a being who, who not only is he light, but he dwells in unapproachable light. And no one's ever seen him in his light. See, when Jesus came down, he veiled himself. He came and took the form of a man. He emptied himself, the Bible says. He emptied himself of his glory because if, he, if we saw him in all of his glory, we couldn't approach him. Because the Bible says he dwells in unapproachable light. You guys, what does that do to you right now to think that as you're sitting here on this little tiny ball up in heaven, there's a being who dwells in this light that is so powerful that if you looked upon him, you would die. That's why back in Exodus, when, when Moses says, hey, God, can I see your face? God says, no one can see my face and live. You can't. I mean, does that do anything to you? The, the, the thought that there's this being up there who, 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 if you were to tear the ceiling, the roof off of this place and let us look up and see him, we would die. Because the Bible says that he's holy. He's not like you and I. He's different. He's set apart. And the Bible says he's light and he dwells in this light that you can't even imagine. No one's ever even seen this light. Because no one can see this light, the Bible says. That's why when you die... Your bodies, your physical human bodies can't be taken up into heaven. 1 Corinthians 15 teaches us that. Why? Because if we went up to heaven in these bodies, we would just, we would die. But we're given a new body to see him as he is, see him face to face. But right now, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, we just get this little veiled image of him. We see like in a mirror that kind of dimly... And John's first thing he says, you got to know, God is not like you. God is light. And I don't understand what all that means, okay? I'm not going to stand up here and pretend, hey, I, I understand God completely. I, I don't think I can. We just pick up as much as we can through God's word, and we know, okay, he's different, and he dwells in unapproachable light. And that's why when we pray and when we sing, you guys, think about it. That's who you're singing to. Okay, when Chris is up here leading us in worship, we're not just singing a bunch of songs. We're coming before a God who dwells in unapproachable light and think about the fact that I'm singing to him right now. And when we pray, that's what we're doing. 
John says, God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. Okay, so he's just total perfect light. But then he says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Okay, when he talks about light, he's also talking about the fact that light represents holiness or righteousness, what is good. And darkness would represent what is evil. Okay, and, and so he's saying, look, if, 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 like right now I'm in the light, okay, and if I go up here, I don't know if we can darken the stage a little more, but here, I'm kind of in darkness, right? I'm in the darkness, and here's the light. And the whole idea is, he says, God doesn't dwell in the darkness. There's no darkness, Adam, at all. He says, so if you're walking in darkness, if you're doing what is sinful, what is wrong, and you're up here in the darkness, and you're saying, hey, I'm with God. John says, you're a liar. He says, that's such a lie. He says, because God doesn't dwell in the darkness. He dwells in the light. And he says, so if your life, if you're doing all that junk, all that garbage that God disapproves of, and, and, and yet you would stand up here and say, no, I have fellowship with God. I've got this great relationship with God. The Bible says you're lying because God's light. It's only the people that are in the light, living the way that he wants us to, that really have fellowship, really have a relationship with him. And you say, well, well but maybe... But I remember praying a prayer, and I remember someone told me, oh, yeah, now you've got a relationship with God because you did this or that. Well, this is what the Bible is saying. It's saying if your life is all about darkness, and yet you claim to have fellowship with God, he goes, you're lying. Because God's not over there. God's right here in the light. But a lot of people run to the darkness. In fact, John, in, in the book of John, I, I want to read just one, one quick uh, passage to you. John chapter 3. You guys all know John 3. That's where we get John 3, 16. John 3, um, in verse 19, John, who wrote 1 John, wrote John. Okay, in verse 19 of John 3, he says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who's evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. He says when light appeared, when Jesus appeared, people ran from him and they went to the darkness because in the light all their deeds were exposed. And so they love darkness instead of coming to light because they love their sin. You see, if I loved sin, I'd, I'd hang out here in the darkness. In the darkness, you can't really see what's going on. You just kind of do your own thing, and no one really knows what you're doing. So in the dark, it's like, oh, cool, I can really do this stuff, and nothing's really out in the open. But then, let's say I walk into the light. Then suddenly it's like, I'm exposed. And suddenly I go, whoa, I shouldn't be smoking this. I shouldn't be drinking this. I shouldn't be touching her. You know, and suddenly it's like 
the light shines on you and suddenly you're seeing all of your sin right before you like whoa what am i doing here and so what it what it says is the people will will grab their sin and they'll run back into the darkness to hide you guys, see, that's what God does to us, and that's what his word does to us. It's like this bright light that shines on us and shows us all the sin in our lives. And you guys, that's what this week is going to be like. Man, speaker after speaker, they're going to be like shining a light in your face, shining a light in your life to where you're exposed to it all. And you can either run back to the darkness or you can drop all those things and say, you know what, I want to be in the light. I want to have fellowship with him. And the beautiful thing about this is uh, verse, verses 8, 9, and 10, which we'll close with. He says, if we claim to be without sin, <clears throat> we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. See, he says, if you sit here today and you claim like that verse 10 says, if you pretend like, well, I don't have any sin in my life, the Bible says then you're telling God that he's a liar. Because he, he says in his own word that, look, everyone has sinned. If we, if we claim to be without sin, if anyone in this room claims to be without sin, he says, you're deceived. If any of you in this room, you think that, well, I'm going to get to heaven because I've done so many good things. He goes, you are so tweaked. You are so deceived. You have no clue. The truth is not in you. You don't get it. You haven't been exposed to light because if you came into the light, you'd see, oh, no, there is sin in my life. And yet the Bible says, but if, we confess our sins he's faithful and just and he'll forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and, and you guys that's that's my prayer just for this morning the first thing we do at this conference is come into the light let God expose our sins let him see everything that's in us and to start confessing and say God okay look I know I was doing this I was doing that it's all wrong you guys, I was at a, I was speaking at a conference a few years ago in Colorado, and at the end of my, all right, cool, are you there? Um, are, are there people from Colorado here? Where's Colorado? All right, cool. No, I had one of the most amazing experiences in Colorado. I was speaking at a conference, not, not quite as big as this, but at the end of one of my messages, I did something totally different I've never done before. I had the microphone. And I, and, I, and, I, and I said, you know, some of you in this room are liars. You're faking it, and you know it. You're hiding in the darkness. You're pretending that you're real. You're pretending you've got this great relationship with God when the truth is is you've got all sorts of junk in your life you're hiding. And I said, I'm going to challenge you. If any of you are willing to come up to this microphone and just confess, just open up and admit to the people here that you've been a liar, 
And just to confess your sin, you don't have to do it because the Bible says if we confess our sins to God, the idea here is that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But sometimes it's healing, as James 5 teaches, to confess our sins to one another. And I said, does anyone just feel led to come up here, grab the microphone, and just confess sin to everyone? Confess that you've been a total liar? And there's silence for about 15 seconds, and then a kid walked up. And he goes, uh, he grabs the mic, he goes, hi, I'm whatever his name was, and he goes, uh, I'm a hypocrite, because uh, last year uh, I cussed. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> he goes, sit down. And, uh, you, you know, I, I, he says, it was just embarrassing. I think he got scared and didn't want to say everything. Anyways, this, then this guy comes up and he starts going, yeah, I, I've been looking at pornography. And, you know, on the internet, and I'm just hiding it, and uh, I just want to be honest with you guys. I need some accountability. I need to change. Another guy comes up and says, yeah, I've been messing around with my girlfriend and looking at pornography, and I'm one of the leaders at the church. Sits down. This girl comes up. She says, you know, I start dating this guy who, first of all, I shouldn't have even been with because he, he doesn't even believe in God. And uh, then we started getting physical, and then, uh, and she says, you know, uh, we've been having sex, and I've been lying about it, you know, I was pretending I'm not, and just want to confess to all you guys, that's really what my life is about, and I need to change, I need to get right with God. But then this kid comes up, this kid from Texas. There you go. All right. This kid from Texas, this big kid, everyone's big from Texas, um, except for Chris Tomlin. But uh, no, <laughs> I love Chris. Okay, but this big old guy from Texas, this is, he was a senior in high school, going into his senior year. He gets up, he grabs the microphone, and, and, and he, goes, he goes, listen, I know, I know that uh, some of you guys see me as a leader, and he goes, but I got to tell you the truth about my life. He goes, my freshman year, I got into the high school group, and I was all on fire for God. He goes, but I started looking at pornography. And I got so hooked up on it, I was just totally addicted. But I just hid it when I went to church. He goes, in my sophomore year, I got this girlfriend, and, and we, we started, you know, messing around a little bit, you know, the oral sex. And he goes, the whole time, I just knew this is so wrong. But I kept coming to Bible study, kept teaching, kept pretending I'm this great Christian. Because then we started sleeping together, and he goes, this whole time, I'm leading Bible studies. And then he goes, my junior year, he goes, last year, he goes, you guys know I started a Bible study on campus. I was kind of the spokesman for our youth group. He goes, but I've been struggling with homosexuality this whole last year. And he goes, I began to experiment. <laughs> and then he, he starts bawling. And he goes, you guys, it's gotten so bad. I've been trying to force my little brother into acts with me. And I'm holding this guy with, holding the microphone, just thinking, I can't believe you just shared that with everyone. And I thought to myself, what in the world are a bunch of high schoolers going to do now? 
I mean, this is his senior year. He's about to, he's just confessed all of this in front of all of them before his senior year in high school. How are they going to respond? They're going to start giggling and making fun of him. But no, about, about 30 of the students, 30 of these guys just got up from their seats without any prompting and just walked up to this guy and just started hugging him and praying for him. And, and I tell you, that, that night was one of the most amazing things I ever experienced because then everyone came clean with their sin. Revival started because after someone confesses something like that, man, then it's like no big deal. It's like, oh, yeah, I killed a guy. You know, I mean, everyone just started looking at their life. They just walked in the light and go, man, let me just see every detail of my sin in my life. But I remember leaving going, man, what gave that guy, why in the world did he get up in front of everyone and share that? I'll tell you what it was. At that moment, that guy did not care what anyone else thought. He just wanted to be right with God. He just wanted to be right with God. He just wanted to walk in the light again and to confess his sin and say, look, here it is. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of being fake. Hey, guys, the Bible promises. John says, I saw Jesus. And he said to us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and he'll forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we're going to go back in the darkness and just say, oh, no, I'm fine with God, he says, you know what, you're a liar. The truth has no place in your life. And you guys, I, I just thought it'd be awesome if right now you guys just spend some time just saying, God, shine your light on me, expose me, show me what it is in my life. Like, like David says in Psalm 139, search me and know my heart. Try me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any, any wicked way in me. And then lead me in the everlasting way. Would you just bow your heads right now? And just think about in heaven right now, there's this being sitting on a throne who dwells in unapproachable light. And he knows everything about your life. And what I'm asking you to do is to come before that throne, to step into the light and just start confessing to him right now the things that you've been doing in darkness.
Father, I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you that Jesus paid for everything we just confessed right now. God, help us to be real. Help us to walk in the light as you are in the light. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As you go about your day today, I'd encourage you just to be real with people. You guys, this week is about just getting rid of those masks and just saying, look, this is who I am. Take me for what I am or reject me, but I'm going to be real before God. You guys are dismissed. Have a good day.